else would you rather be than right here, right now? For Bills fans. Let's go, Buffalo! By Bills fans. Only Buffalo is going to win it! This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icorn and Alex Jones. This is pandemonium! Here's Brad the Bruiser Icorn. And welcome back for another edition of the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Brad the Bruiser Icorn, Alex Jones, fresh off a Bills Thanksgiving win and right into a Thursday night matchup with the New England Patriots. All right, let's talk about Thanksgiving. How were your nerves during that game, Alex? I'll tell you what, Brad, it was, it was everything was against the wire. First off, it was... Thanksgiving dinner got served right at the end of the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. right? Literally a minute and a half left. So I'm doing the, all right, come to dinner. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm on my way. And I'm like keeping my one toe in the living room as I slowly bring myself around the corner. Sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was weirdly enough, Fred, it was once they came out, once we had 22 seconds left, we held them on fourth down, we got the field goal and you stop them. It became one of those things where I was like, oh, they've got it. Like, as soon as I saw Josh walk on the field, I'm like, they're, they're going to score. I thought they were going to score. Like, I genuinely was like, oh, I think they're going to score here. Turns out it was just a dart to Stefan Diggs for 40-plus yards. And that that was the play that blew my mind. And for those who didn't know or listened to last week's podcast, I was at the game. We were in the end zone seats that the Bills were driving at, and uh, when they made that play to Diggs, I was like, holy crap. They, It was like the Kansas City game except for Buffalo this time where they were in field goal range almost within one play. Amazing. Yeah, it was. It really was. And it was funny. I mean, Buffalo did a lot of things right, but they also did a lot of things wrong. An interception in the red zone that's been a problem as of late. Yeah, but Brad, I got to say, that interception, it was everything. Josh did everything right on it. So you watch back that play. It's an RPO. He sticks it in Singletary's gut. Both linebackers (laughs) dive up. And then... um, Josh throws the ball where only his receiver can get it. Uh, Malcolm Rodriguez on that play just makes one of just an incredible athlete play. It's one of those times where it's like like a Micah Hyde interception almost, right? Exactly. He literally got up at the last possible second, gets his fingertips on it, and then the bigger part, he gets his as he's falling backwards, he's able to get his hands on it, which keeps the ball alive for his, the other linebacker to get their hands on. Like, in actuality, I think that's that's a play that just is an amazing play by that linebacker. And you can say, listen, Josh threw some very bad interceptions in the red zone. That was not one. That was an exceptional person making an exceptional play, which, by the way, I loved the him out of the draft out of Oklahoma State, the Melvin Rodriguez. Holy cow, that dude was – he wasn't going to be a good fit for the Bills, what they wanted, but my brother – was the one who showed me, like, hey, check this guy out. And I was like, he's just going to be a special teams demon for the next 15 years in the NFL. Well, I tell you what, that interception was hard for me to see. 
We were uh, leaving the concessions line at Ford Field, and I had to watch it on the monitor with my head stretched out trying to catch what was going on because we weren't inside yet. Luckily, once we got into our seats, we're only three rows up. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't see that play actually live like you. I saw it on a screen. Oh, man, it, it was it was just a crazy play. But I, I the, they looked, A, the run game looked incredible. Um, like first again, though, it seems like once we get to the second half, we kind of just abandoned. Yeah. And I don't understand why I don't either. And it, well, it's the plays that aren't scheme. What's been working, like what works for the bills. Well, is power concepts where you're moving a guard or a tackle or a center into space and you're forcing double teams and getting the linebackers to the second level. Those are the concepts they've done really well with. And then in the second half, it's like they run like two inside zones and we're like, see, they don't work. And it's like, well, no, you're running a concept that's not that doesn't normally work for you, period. Like you you kind of have left this concept because your linemen do better in a different one. So it, it, to me, it's I, I honestly Ryan Bates at center playing backup center played very well. I, but the offensive line was struggling. Spencer Brown had his worst game. Maybe as a bill, he was just porous. Um, and so it's just one of those times where it's like, you, 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 you gotta, I mean, it's eliminating the narrative a little bit, right? Oh, the bills can't win close games. Well, they actually have won a few of them. Oh, they can't do this. They can't do that. Like it, it's just a sort of a good turnaround game and just a good, good victory. Nevertheless. This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Follow us across our social media platforms on Twitter at DHS Buffalo at TW Callahan DHS at Bills Bruiser. I invite you to look at mine because if you haven't seen uh, it on Twitter or on the internet, the hug of Diggs and Allen. Well, someone took the end and grafted on Allen singing. Uh, Whitney Houston's rendition of "I Will Always Love You." That is that is perfect. Uh, the facial expressions, the way the eyebrows raise—it's um, if you haven't watched it, do it. It. <laughs> My brother had sent it to me uh, that Thanksgiving night, and I'm in our hotel room in Ann Arbor, and I'm just laughing hysterically. It was just awesome. So. So tell me, Alex, tell me about your meal. How was your Thanksgiving dinner? Thanksgiving Day delicious. dinner. It was a fantastic meal, delicious. How about you, Brad? What was uh what was your favorite? Well what what did yours include? Was it the traditions, uh, you know, stuffing turkey, mashed potatoes? Yep. Yep, stuffing turkey, mashed potatoes. My uh my brother's mother in law also makes a sweet potato um, with marshmallows on a dish that is very popular as well. Well, our Thanksgiving Day dinner was a little bit different, like on Thanksgiving Day, because we went to the game. So we were, you know, staying at a hotel from out of town. What's open? Chinese. There was this restaurant across from where my dad worked in Ann Arbor, a big uh, pharmaceutical company that eventually closed their site and sold to U of M. Well, Restaurant was across the street. We used to go all the time. It was very tiny. It was quaint. It was nice. 
it turned into huge, like modern looking. It almost looked like a certain chain restaurant called PF Wings. But um, we we had Chinese. It, it felt like kind of a Christmas story a little bit. I was like, can we order a goose so they can cut its head off at the table? That that was the only thing missing. <laughs> that, yeah, that is the only thing missing there, Brad. Yeah. I, I still have leftover Szechuan in the fridge. It's been six days, so I hope it hasn't gotten bad yet. <laughs> But uh, that's always the gamble. Yes, but for us, the weekend was you know being back in Michigan, eating food we grew up with. If you've ever been in Michigan, I don't know if your dad has ever talked about it, Alex. But Buddy's Pizza is notorious in Buff in uh, Detroit. It's one of the original Detroit style pizza places, if not, I believe the original Detroit style pizza place. And we go to their Livonia location. We always did as a kid, so I met some buddies there. Brought my wife and two boys and had a great time watching Nebraska beat Iowa so Purdue could go to the Big Ten uh, championship game to get blown out this weekend by Michigan. But, yeah, good times. Yeah, it's one of those things. The thing, actually, Brad, uh, about that area my dad missed most, which he can't find out this way, is Fago Rock and Rye. Yeah, that's good. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's where it is. Yep. Yeah. You can't. If Verner's is actually, ironically, you always used to talk about Verner's. Oh yeah. And now I feel like Verner's is enjoying a national run. We um, we could get it in Arizona. We could get it in Texas. Yeah, it worked out good for yeah. us. Huge Verner's people. Yeah. So the the other thing he always is, you know, one of the, his favorite things. He also was a big, always is, has been a big White Castle guy. Yep. Um. Hey, then he, Phoenix. That's what he grew up on. Yeah. yeah. It weirdly enough doesn't doesn't hit the East Coast. I went to a White Castle out when I was at the Combine during my O'Garris draft, uh, twenty seventeen draft. Yeah, we which was. What year was that? The twenty seventeen draft. Twenty seven. Okay, right on. That was the Trey White, Pat Mahomes, yep, Miles Garrett. That's it. And the Browns, Browns went back to back. Trubisky too was in that draft. He was number two, right? Yep. And there was Deshaun Watson was in that draft too. Fun draft, yes. Good, good old, good old rub and tug. Well, the Bills will get set to take on the New England Patriots coming up. Presumably, if you're listening to this tonight in New England, uh, I don't know. I have goosebumps going in this game. First of three divisional games coming up here for the Bills, followed by the Jets and Dolphins. I don't know. It's New England. It's Bill Belichick. Anything can happen here. I trust the process. I think they can outplay them and outscheme them, but it's New England. Yeah, it, it, it's also I think it's Stefan Diggs time. Honestly, it's he he for whatever reason just turns into a different dude in New England. You and, you 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 shut the f up. Yeah yeah. <laughs> I mean, and he's done that multiple years against New England. So it's like, you know what? It, it let him do him. You know what? Like, yeah. I was, I forget what I was watching when they were talking about how it's impossible to run against New England. It's like, that's fine. The Bills have had a lot of success throwing the ball against them. And I, I honestly, I could see it continuing to happen. One that they've touted, and I think might not be a bad pick, Isaiah McKenzie might have a huge game. You know he had he gets open last on two games cross, he has middle, right? yeah he gets open he gets open against those cross the middle routes 
which for the amount of man coverage New England runs really um, really can hurt them when they aren't getting to the quarterback, which Josh has shown throughout his career against New England. It's hard for them to do. A practice squad signing move that made Bills fans had turned John Brown returns to the practice squad, granted. How do you feel about that? A little nostalgic. I mean, it doesn't hurt. Having him on the practice squad, a guy who's familiar with their scheme and what they run? It really doesn't. I mean, John, if he's got anything left in the legs, like the amount of the amount of guys who talked about how um who talked about John Brown coming back to the team. Like it really is um, you know, it is a huge it is a huge like boost. He's a locker room guy. I feel like he's kinda like Shaq Lawson and Jordan Phillips, where it's like they're locker room blue guys. Like Jordan Phillips has been productive this year. Sha- uh, Shaq Lawson's been Shaq Lawson this year. You know, he's he's a run-stopping defender who will get a couple sacks. Um, and I feel like that's John Brown. They're going to kind of bring him in, you know, adapt him slowly. But he does add that deep threat that really makes it hard. Like, if you're, if you're scheming for the playoffs, you constantly have to think, you know what, they might. They might just bring John Brown up this game and send him on go routes against us all day. And you have to be prepared for I was a big, big fan of the signing. I liked John Brown when he was there. I was sad to see when they cut ties, but I was good with it. I understood it. Um, but even if he is just on the practice squad, even if he doesn't make his way onto the active roster, it just kind of feels comfort, comforting, as weird as that may sound, to have him nearby. 100%. It, it does. It, it feels like it's a good thing to just, you know, to have that plan in case anything were to happen. Yeah, that contingency that you can literally fall back on someone who's been here before who had a really good chemistry with Josh. Uh, if you look back in the years where they, uh, you know, they called him the Smurfs, uh, that was uh, pre Diggs. If you remember that uh, Sunday night game they flexed where they played Pittsburgh, it was uh, Buffalo's first Sunday night game. In a very long time, and Buffalo ended up winning that one. And uh, good things have come. You know, obviously, obviously, 2020 was a great year. Last year, uh, sad finish. But this year, a lot of promise and a lot of ways to go here. Three divisional games coming up here. It starts with this game. I hate to say it's a must-win, but I feel like it's very important to win this game and start setting the tone within the division, especially coming in at 0-2. Yeah, I, I agree, Brad. I, I think it, it is one of those games. It's not a must-win, but it's a definitely should try to. You know, it's the urgency starting to ratchet up. This is this is to quote Richie Incognito. It's not cut the time. You know, it is the time of year where everything gets shorter, yeah. everything gets harder, everything becomes more important. And if you go out there and brutalize this Patriots team. That sends a very clear message, both in-house and um, across the board, that this team is for real. Well, to keep pace with Miami, uh, very important game for the Bills to come out and get a W in. Uh, New England is trying to claw and fight. I don't know. The way it's gone this year, I'm having my reservations about Mac Jones. Yeah, I to me, he doesn't seem... You see, I mean, first off, 
for Belichick to bench him says a lot. You know, for Belichick to be like, I don't think he's got it. I think somebody else has it. That says a lot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he just hasn't shown it. I'm, you know, there is no next Tom Brady. There will be the next whoever his name may be. There can only be one Tom Brady. But let's be honest, there isn't the next level quarterback right now at this point that they want in New England. And it's, you know, what the Bills went through after Jim Kelly. You know, they, they plugged it in with Doug Flutie at some point. Uh, Drew Bledsoe came in admirable. He was a pro bowler there. But we saw quarterback after quarterback turnover. And I hate to say it, but with the end of the Patriots dynasty, this is kind of the peril that New England, I think, deservedly needs to fall into, and they are. Yeah, I completely agree, Brad. Well, this is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Follow us across our platforms, facebook.com slash Buffalo Bills Draft House course on drafthousesports.com of course at bills bruiser at tw callahan dhs and at dhs buffalo on our twitter accounts all right buffalo taking on new england coming up an amazon prime game i'm actually i'm gonna enjoy listening to the announcers i'm excited to hear michaels and uh, kirk herb street to announcers i like very much announce this game i know you're not a huge herb street fan being that he was a buckeye and all that but I I, no, I I just don't think he adds anything to the conversation. He gives no insight. I don't know. He I feel like he speaks intelligence with a very crisp dialect. Whatever that means. To me, he just to me he just isn't a guy. He, he just isn't that guy. Like I think he comes from the name Valley alone, rather than his actual insights and his actual um his his commentary on the game you know i think he gets away because he's Kirk herbstreet and he's done it for so long without actually like he he talks a lot to say a little yeah i i can agree with that but i will say i'm a huge general michaels fan i grew up watching him back on you know, Monday Night Football when it was on ABC with Dan Deerdorf and uh, it was Frank Gifford and then Boomer Sison and then just him and Boomer. But, uh, you know, through his days with Madden, with Ratface on NBC, yeah, I'm a big Al Michaels fan. Yeah, I love Michaels' work. He's just a classic NFL commentator. Liked him in the movie Basketball, too, if you've ever seen that. You know, I, it's one of those movies I just missed. You know, it's just, I I, I just sort of missed it. Well, I've if, always heard really good things about it. It's just, it just I, I just missed it. When uh, when you're in Buffalo for the next game here, you're going to have to come to the R Street Media Studios, and we're going to have to do a private screening of basketball for you. Sounds perfect. <laughs> All right, Bill's set to take on the Patriots. Keys to this game here, Alex. Uh, eliminate turnovers. I mean, that's we say that every week, but the less they turn over the ball, the less dumb turnovers, the less chance you give your opponent to succeed. We need to stop the run game. You know, with all of our defensive tackles being healthy and every defensive end besides Vaughn Miller getting back on the mend, 
they need to have a huge game. It, it needs to be a huge game from everybody because if um, if they don't, it's just it's just going to be brutal. And finally, you need to hit Mac Jones. Hit him early, hit him often, make him feel uncomfortable. Rattle him. Make him rattle. Like, you just need to get after him. Yeah. I can get on board with that. And how about forcing turnovers in this game? I think that would be a big component here. Ed Oliver was a beast in the game in Detroit. He was uh, AFC Defensive Player of the Week, deservedly so, but not one of the MVPs of that game, ironically. Yeah, he was. He was, and that's. I think he was. He kind of took took that personal, which is interesting. You know, he's in a contract he, here. He's fighting hard. I mean, he's bowling out. I I have always loved Oliver, not as much as you, Alex. You have an Oliver jersey, don't you? I do. Yeah, he's he's playing like a boss out there right now. Yes. All right. Any other thoughts on this Bills-New England game coming up here in uh, early December? Already starting um, some draft scouting for next year. There's a few guys. If you have uh, college football interests, um, first off, uh, Jordan Battle, safety from Alabama. I would absolutely love him in the first. Um, uh, Bijan Robinson, the running back from Texas. I know that people might not be super excited about um, about a running back in the first round, but I'll tell you what: the kid is he he's a home run hitter. Like all, that's all he did at Texas was just just run the ball well, and he was just he he was just he just pops it pops him, and that's what the Bills need. The Bills don't really have a home run running back. Um, another one to watch is Michael Mayer out of, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. It gets weird with their last names, but it's like a M-A-E-Y-E-R um, out of Notre Dame, who is just a big body tight end. He's he's everything you want. He's got deceptive speed. He's got good hands. He's thick in the places you want him to be thick. A really good tight end. And there's one last player, Brad. He's more of a late round, like third day two guy. Safety out of Boise State. Um, whose name is now escaping me, Brad. I just I just had it. It was just in the front of my mind. Jordan Boyer Jr. Basically. Basically <laughs> Jordan Boyer Jr. Um, he also has an amazing name. Just remember, J.L. Skinner. You yes. throw on some of him, some throw on some of his film at Boise State, and he is a animal out there. He is an absolute animal. All right, and where um will that be available at DrafthouseSports.com? Eventually, yes, we'll see. All right, we'll check it out. Of we course, might to, we might we might have to start doing some uh, some live uh, mock drafts next year, Brad. Yes, I'm all about it too. Um, also tonight, uh, to do our podcast, I had to pry myself away watching Sabers Wings. Now, I am actually a Red Wing fan. That is my team. But living here, 
I want the Sabres to do well, and they were kicking yeah. the living crap out of them when I left. It was 4-1. Oh, wow. Yeah, at Little Caesars. It's now 4 It's now four four, Brad. Oh, they tied it. Yeah, that's typical Sabres. All right, go Wings. All right, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> it is It is. Uh... It is two teams headed in different in the same direction, just a, a diff- slightly different stage of each of their development. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, yeah, Sabers are probably another year behind at least. Um, but I love Iserman. I love what he does. 29th of December, uh, the Red Wings come to Buffalo, and I will be at Key Bank Center with a Steve Iserman jersey on. Presumably with my son, who's actually a Saber fan, but that's okay because we live in Buffalo. But um, yeah, I'm going to be there and go Wings. Go Wings. And I will say in Detroit, it it was it's weird for me because I did not grow up a Lions fan. I grew up in Detroit and I was a Bills fan. That's what I was, and I just can't understand how they are a diehard fan base who dies a lot. They're it's a horribly owned franchise, and that's so painful to watch and see that my heart goes out to Lion fans. It is brutal, and they are so hardcore. That crowd was electric and crazy, and there were a lot of Bills fans there, uh, but my heart goes out of that fan base. Well, the thing is, too, about that about that group is, like, in all honesty, uh, they are. Um, they they. I feel like they've made the right step. You know what I mean. I feel like they've taken the right. Get their franchise on the right track. Yeah. Uh, it, it, they just feel like they're doing making a lot of the correct choice. You know. Yeah. So it's it's also one of those things. Like I'm always I'm always happy to see the people who weren't successful, who were jokes at the same time the Bills were jokes. To, to to have success, you know, to be that team that's successful. It, it, it makes you feel good to be like, ah, see, we were at the same spot. Now we're both doing it. I, I mean, uh, I, I see, I'm but gonna... I feel like the build's taking too long in Detroit. It's year three. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, it's year two. Is it year two? I thought this, I think, all right, I think you might be right, actually. Okay. All right. I'll take it back. I could see this being like a 2018 bill season. Yeah. Like they're, they're a team where it's like they're scrappy at every game. They get blown out in two. And then they're like, you know what? We're going to be, yeah, we got blown out in two games, but we also got like, we also stole two victories. We shouldn't have had, which ironically, like the lions, one of their more top picks might come from a trade they made. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it's just going to be interesting to see, Brad. Bills, Patriots coming up tomorrow evening or tonight. You're probably listening as this is uh, presumably released here on a Thursday. So glad you could listen here, of course. Uh, look at us across our social media platforms, facebook.com slash Buffalo Bills Draft House, drafthousesports.com, at TW Callahan DHS, at Bills Bruiser, at DHS Buffalo. All right. Looking forward to this one. Bills Patriots coming up. Uh, Look forward to that one on Amazon Prime. For Alex Jones, I'm Brad the Brizzer Icorn. Go Bills. 
This has been the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast, an R Street Media production.